Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and bring in Quincy Carrier um, from the Worst Takes on uh, uh, YouTube and um, in multiple other. I mean, I see him everywhere now. Like he's he's all over the internet. So um, shout out to Quincy on that. Quincy, what's good today? Good man. Nothing much. Just relaxing, enjoying the off season, um, and also very excited and anxious for the off season to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You you, I, you know how I'm at, and you can simulate the off season. You like, listen, let me get past, let me do free agency, then you can, I'll let the computer cut, and then just let me get to the next season and see who progressed. <laughs> yeah, if there are a way to preserve everything I want to do in the summer, but get to the football season faster. There would I, there would be a lot of money in, in somebody who can invent some kind of device that would make that happen. But yeah, we're, man, we're it's like man, old, I don't want to fast forward this. I, I want to go outside because you know in Cleveland there's only a couple sunny days, but I want to go on vacation. I got some stuff I want to do, but it'd be great if we can have the Browns too. So, um, yep. you know, Quincy, uh, let's get to to the um, OTAs. Um, were you surprised that um, Miles Garrett and um, Denzel Ward and some of the veterans um, really showed up tough at this last OTA? Yeah, well, if there are one unit that, and I'm not big on the OTA arguments, right, that, like, I, I really don't think it's impactful either way, but if there were one unit that would benefit from getting more work together, um in that kind of situation, because let's remember, you know, I think a lot of the offensive guys have already had like a week or two week camp. A lot of them have been working out together with the same trainers during the off season. So the offensive guys, they really have all of their routines kind of together. They can do that and get ready for the season together unstructured. So I'm not surprised they haven't showed up. Defensive guys, they haven't, a lot of these guys are new. I mean, like we're talking about, Miles Garrett's returning from last year. Denzel Ward's returning from last year. And then, you know, it's a bunch of new guys out there. Maybe Ronnie Harrison is returning. But it's not really going to be the same unit. So, you know, if one group could benefit from just 
getting the reps out there and getting those kind of just, even if they're not meaningful snaps, but, you know, just standstill snaps, it, it would make sense for it to be the defense there. And, you know, I think also this is good for, you know, the JOKs of the world, right, where there are a good amount of veterans there, enough for you to learn from, right? You can ask Miles a question. You can ask Anthony Walker a question, but not so many that there's like six or seven linebackers that need to be worked through and, and that it becomes so cluttered that the young guys can't get work. So I think that's a good balance of, you know, having some veterans there defensively um, and then also having, you know, the young guys out there being able to learn the defense because I think those are the guys who are going to benefit from an OTA the most rather than like, you know, not like it's nice that Miles is out there. I think it's a great gesture, him as a leader on the defense. But ultimately, for what we know Miles is going to do on the football field, there's absolutely nothing for him to do at OTAs. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you know, when you look at somebody like a JOK or a linebacker, especially like a corner, right, you know, um, Greg, Greg, Greg Newsom, he's somebody who could benefit, and there's actual more work there. But, you know, for the defensive line guys, Miles Garrett, you know, he, he ain't – I don't think they're going to be throwing a tackle up against him for quite a while. So, you know, it's a nice gesture for like miles, but I do think it's going to, it, it will be, it's more helpful for the defense. than I would say for the offense. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's the thing too. Um, you, you look at, you know, the offensive defense. I'm not a person um, that, that is aspires to the whole OTA things as well. You know, sometimes I get frustrated when I hear people say that, um, because it, it just seems that uh, it, I think it stems from a situation where player fans just want information on the players. Fans just want to see them out there. Fans just want to like imagine and get a glimpse of the roster and you know get the juices going on, on what could be in the season. Um, and you you know you fantasize about all those uh, you know what you see in OTAs and how that translates to the regular season, but. You know, I don't think there's any data or any correlation to saying that if you you're at OTAs every single uh, time and you lifted in the off season, that that's going to somehow um, you know make you a, a top flight team or somehow you're going to get hurt. So I don't really aspire to that uh, as well. Yeah, can um, I add something to that as well? Yeah, definitely. Because I think one of the, I think it's a combination of things you brought up there, right? Because when people kind of, I think it is some kind of anxiety as fans. Like we have no control over how many games the Cleveland Browns are ultimately going to win. We have no hand in that. And we, and you know, naturally people don't like that feeling. So any little thing that they feel can't help, they're going to go for it and act like that's very, very important, or at least try to push emphasis on it because, you know, it's, it's kind of the fans' way of enforcing some kind of control over a situation they have absolutely no control over. Also, I don't know, the thing that always rubs me the wrong way when people talk about OTAs and who's showing up and who's not is that the assumption is is that the players are lazy, that they're not professional athletes, that they're not doing what they have to do and getting this work in, even though they're not going to go to a voluntary OTA, that you don't trust them as professional to be able to, you know – decide whether that environment's going to be beneficial to them or maybe an environment different to that would be beneficial to them. So, you know, it's a, it's one of the silliest arguments that always comes up. You know, there's always people who go hard in one direction about it where, you know, they they feel like the team's going to be behind the magical thing about OTAs and anybody who's really like 
hot on who shows up to OTAs or not. You don't really hear these people at the end of the season, right? Like um, when Chad Henney runs for 14 yards <laughs> at the end of the season, you know, to almost get that first down on the fourth and long, on the third and long, you don't hear anybody going, oh, man, it was the OTAs. The OTAs would have been there. Chad Henney would have got tackled. So ultimately, it's a big argument that we have every summer that ultimately we just forget in like two weeks, right? Once training camp starts, once they start putting them shells on the helmets, we're going to forget about who was or was not at OTAs, and we are never going to talk about it again. Oh, yeah, that, that's totally that's, – that's, I couldn't put it any better. Couldn't put it any better. Um, you know, we'll forget about all of this in a couple of weeks when we see the pads on. And, and, you know, when somebody, you know, gets beat for a touchdown – or, you know, defense get, get, gets gashed on, on a, in the run game. Nobody's going to say it's because we weren't, weren't in OTAs. That's what <laughs> we, weren't blaming, we weren't blaming OTAs every time the, the coverage was blown last year. We were blaming no. Andrew Sadejo. Okay. Yes, 23. <laughs> ultimately, it just comes down to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. Talking to Quincy Carey on the North Armstead Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, he's a, a, a YouTube, I, I would say sensation, man. You're moving, you moving units now, bro. Um, you're doing your thing on, on the worst takes over there. So make sure you check him out. Make sure you subscribe to his channel. Um, you know, daily Browns content and, and he's always he's dicing this thing down in different angles that I, I think a lot of people may overlook. So definitely do that. Uh, let me ask you this question, Quincy. When, when you look at the guys returning, um, which guy returning from injury, um, big name guy returning from injury, do you believe is going to have the most impact this year? So you have, you know, we've been seeing pictures floating around the internet of Jadavian Clowney get, looking like a Thundercat out here, looking like he's something out of a, you know, he's Lionel from the Thundercats. Uh, also, you got uh, you got Grant Delpit, and and we see him backpedaling and moving very quickly, looking like he's a dude. And he came out and said, "Hey, I ain't a say, I ain't a first year player no more. I'm a second year guy." Um, he looks like he's healthy. And then, of course, you got, you know, the number one guy, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, we see the other week ago running full speed. Uh, they say he's catching the football, will be ready for camp. Which one of those guys do you believe uh, will have probably the the biggest impact after the injury? Um, and, and people will say, wow, that guy looks great. Oh, man. I see, with Grant Delphit, I think – what if he can if he can come out and play like free safety this year, that's gonna have a massive impact to this defense and the versatility and the multiple looks they can. I mean, they, I think I was talking to somebody about it. If you can get Grant Delpit out there to play free safety, I mean, you can legitimately go out there with a sub nickel uh, package that has John Johnson and JOK as your two linebackers and. You know, watching the tape on both of them, they can both cover. They can both stop the run. And that's going to be something that would be very helpful versus a team like Baltimore where you need more DBs out there in, your, in kind of your standard packages without sacrificing your ability to stop the run. And I think that would be like a picture-perfect package. But it's more under-the-hood stuff. I don't know how many fans are going to appreciate it because I don't know if his stats are going to be crazy. I would say it has to be Odell. Um, it's going to have the biggest impact as far as like stats and everything goes, because we forget, you know, 
that while Baker was able to do a lot and had put up some great numbers, some great advanced numbers um, at the end of the year without Odell, one of the things that did come up against, you know, the better teams that the Browns played towards the tail end, Baltimore um, and Kansas City especially, and even Pittsburgh, you know, the sec- the, se- the first time, not the second time, the second time was obviously, well, the third time technically was a blowout. But there was an issue when the Browns played these better defenses, especially deeper defensive back rooms that, you know, Rashard Higgins couldn't get open in man coverage. Um, you know, uh, the Donovan Peoples-Jones was the same situation. And sometimes these receivers lack to get separation. Even Jarvis Landry, who can get open, but if he is against like a more elite athletic corner, he struggles because he's not a great, well, he's a great athlete, but he's not a super twitchy, fast guy. Um, So there were struggles there when it comes to the wide receiving core. Having Odell just on the field, period, changes a lot of how teams have to cover you. So it's going to free up more guys, but also just having Odell on the field takes away teams' ability to just decide that they're going to man up all our wide receivers. And I really think that's going to have a huge impact. And also, you know, I know a lot of people talk about what Baker has done without Odell, and that is a credit to Baker, and I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from Baker. But I also think people have underplayed this idea that Baker and Odell are going to be in the same offense with the same offensive coordinator for the first time since they've been together for an offseason and are going to be able to carry over continuity for the first time in a long time. And I think what's important about that is also that Odell got to sit down and watch and see that Baker Mayfield is actually a really good quarterback. So maybe there's going to be more trust there from Odell because he had to sit back and see it. Um, And maybe that's going to help that chemistry in that. If those two get it together with Baker's arm, his ability to throw on the run and his, and his just gutsiness when he throws, you know, he's high risk guy sometimes. If those two can get it together, that's going to be a combination that will it will be a flip over the monopoly board uh, a situation for a lot of head coaches, especially in the AFC North, because if that, those two get it together and really start working together and Odell can have a real Odell season here in Cleveland with the defense that they're building with the, everything else that they have on offense, that's a frustrated flip over the monopoly board. The Browns are cheating at football because there's no way a team should be able to do all these things that they can do. Um, And that's going to be one of the most frustrating teams to game plan against. And if they can get all that together, that would be one of the most frustrating teams to game plan against that this league has seen in quite a while. I don't think people sell the potential of this team enough. Like if they get it right this year, this will be a team that, you know, again, if they get it right, knock on wood and everything, but this will be a team that is just a historical type headache to teams because, man, if you have Odell and Jarvis doing their thing, if you have Kareem Hunt doing their thing, with that offensive line being top level, with your three deep at tight end, by the way, and that defense, how do you how do you coach against that? You know what I mean? Like that is how much potential is on this team, and Odell and Baker, that chemistry. That's the key, right? That that's going from fifth best offense in the NFL, can you can put up points to the best offense in the NFL. 
you know, let me let me follow up with that um, and, and ask you this. Um, you know, you do, you know, you know, I do the barbershop YouTube page and, and, and you are definitely on, on the worst takes. Uh, and, and we do predominantly Browns content. And so when you look at it, I get so many people who are just they're down, they're pessimistic and they're like, you know, bullish um, on the notion that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is not a person the Browns need or a person that, you know, they would miss too much if he's off the team. Let me ask you this question. What happened in the process from the time Odell Beckham Jr. got here to the point we are now where people um, and a lot of the fan base, in my opinion, especially from what I've seen online or even just talking and doing radio shows, are not bought into Odell or he is not, you know, the, the fan base seems to not even embrace him in terms of what he can bring to the field. And I've been always trying to pinpoint where did it shift or how did it turn and how it became a situation where one of the best, most talented receivers who hasn't really done anything off the field or hasn't said anything that's really, uh, you know, egregious. How did that that turn with most fans where it went from being being so excited about what he can bring to all of a sudden now it's like, and eh, we don't really need him. Yeah, I'm going to I think there are a number of things that go into that. Right. I think one of the first elements of it when whenever you discuss something like this is that Cleveland fans are kind of conditioned that a player like Odell Beckham will never want to be in Cleveland, right? Like that's just kind of a way that fans have conditioned themselves that they will never get somebody as popular and quite frankly, as trendy and as cool off and on the field as Odell Beckham in Cleveland. Like it's been something that's what made the trade such a shock when it happened because Odell Beckham was probably the last person you expected to become a Cleveland Brown because of all those other things that just that just come with Odell Beckham, right? He's a very cool, he's a very trendy, like he 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 is in a way, he's one of those guys who is bigger than just what he is on the football field. He's a entire brand. Um but I think that always has played a way into it. So like there are fans who when they got him, you're obviously excited but you're kind of skeptical, but you don't want to be that guy, right? That's like, oh, I'm skeptical about the Odell trade when everybody else is excited, so they will wait. And it didn't help that the 19 season that he was first there went the way it did, right? There was the watch thing, the Oakley shade, the, the visor thing, and it emboldened the people who kind of were – I don't want to say, well, yeah, I'm going to just say insecure about somebody like Odell wanting to be here. Um, and that kind of emboldened that thing. The whole season ended up being a mess. So all the rumors, the trade rumors that persist with them, all these things kind of just embolden people who have conditioned themselves that somebody like Odell doesn't want to be in Cleveland. And when you condition yourself to do that, you also kind of try to convince yourself that you don't even want Odell, right? So any chance you get to kind of reaffirm that narrative, they're always going to jump at because it, it, they're just kind of wanting to force that narrative onto themselves. And I think that plays a huge part of it. Like I think a lot of the people who push back on Odell or don't want Odell traded, I think they really never wanted Odell. Well, they really never thought Odell would come here, 
and they don't know how to react to him coming here and staying here. And, and it's led to this kind of awkwardness between Odell and some of the fan base because it is weird, right? He is a supremely talented player. Fans should be excited about this dude coming back from the ACL injury, but yet you can't go and talk about Odell for more than two minutes without somebody telling you that he is somehow going to make your quarterback worse. And I just disagree with that whole notion. I think you should at least see if that whole thing could work out between Baker and Odell before you make any moves on that. And I just have never seen a, a fan base be so split and divided on a player who's really done nothing to the fan base negative. And also it, it's just a very weird energy sometimes around the name of Odell and how people talk about him. You know, it's been five years since he's kicked the, the field goal net or thrown a, t- a temperature tantrum on the sideline, but he's still labeled a diva by some of the fans of this team. And I just don't understand that he has not been a diva. He's actually been a model teammate since he's really been here, especially last year, the year before, how he's handled things. He could have handled the ACL injury poorly. He could have handled all of 2019 poorly because that was just a poorly handled season. Um, But quite frankly, he hasn't. He hasn't done any of these things that people accuse him of being. And, you know, anytime somebody pushes out a trade rumor about him, these people just jump up and say, oh, see, there it is. He don't want to be here. And it just seems like there's a lot of people who want to be proven right that Odell never wanted to be here, doesn't like it here, and don't want it. But I just, I just don't think that's true. Odell seems fine here, um, and he seems like he wants to win. And I think there's going to be a great opportunity to him. But, yeah, you hit it right on the head, man. It, it's, it's a weird dynamic between some fans that just doesn't make sense, especially here. But, again, you have people who are Cavs fans here that love the 2016 championship that LeBron brought that are celebrating the Lakers uh, and pooping on LeBron right now. So it's a weird dynamic between the fans and, and some of these players that, you know, quite frankly, sometimes I just struggle to understand. Quincy, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again, and uh, we'll definitely check you out again. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem, man. You have a great one. All right. G. Bush here, uh, 216-578-0092. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.